This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Unveiled Bridal Boutique. Yes, I'm honored to announce that I have been at their shop and I've seen, I actually was allowed to go into the room behind where like all the wedding dresses are. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Whew. Wow. Oh, yes. This, you cannot comprehend this. It's just magic. Unveiledboutique.com. Book your appointment. Your consultant will help you create your bridal vision. Yes, they do that. They exceeded that. They have over 150 gowns. And they offer the complete package. Everything. One place to take care of everything. Yes. They say, in the industry, usually you should at least do six months in advance. So, whatever your vision is, whatever you think about, go now. Unvealedboutique.com. Book your appointment. Get the perfect experience right here in Thunder Bay. Woo! It doesn't get better than this. I even have a wedding dress in my studio. Yes, I do. Thank you. Unveiledboutique.com. Book now. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Brand Hackberg. Your RBC Royal Bank of Canada Mortgage Specialist. You can reach him at 251-7251 right now. He's always open. I love that about him. He puts himself out there for you. You come first. Everything goes. And he works for you nonstop. If it's your first mortgage, if it's refinancing, or if you're moving your mortgage over to the RBC brand Hackberg, that's where he excels and exceeds. Yes, you'll be surprised. 251-7251. This week alone in Thunder Bay and surrounding area. I just checked realtor.ca. Since a week, we have 41 new listings. Listen, get approved now. Do it. If you're really thinking about buying a home right now, line it up. Call Brent. 251-7251. He's gonna... Make your home ownership goals happen. Yes, he does. Together, he's going to work with you to find the financing that fits your current and future needs. Brent Hackberg, your RBC Royal Bank of Canada mortgage specialist. Call now. 251-7251. Brent Hackberg. Follow him on social media because he posts a lot of good stuff, a lot of listings. Brand Hackberg. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Small batch fermenters. Born and raised in Thunder Bay. Yes. Ooh. Order now. Get your favorite hot sauce. Or show your support. With merchandise. Yes, you can get t-shirts, you can get long sleeve, you can get hoodies, you can get dukes. Anything goes. Heartbeat hot sauce. Let's talk about pineapple habanero. Ooh, featured on the hot ones. 
season 10. Yes, I just had to zoom in if I, to make sure that this is correct. Whoo, bell peppers, garlic, habanero mash, mm. vinegar, salt, pineapple, obviously cane sugar, sleeping giant beaver duck, ooh, lime, onions, all together again. I don't know how they do it, but they know what they do. It's delicious perfection. Heartbeat hot sauce right here in Thunder Bay. Order now anywhere you are. Heartbeathotsauce.com or find your favorite retailers on their homepage. Click that button and find them. Yes, heartbeathotsauce.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eat Local Pizza. Pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Eat local pizza. 801 Red River Road, seven days a week, 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. Eat local pizza. Ooh, I cannot stop talking about pizza right now because I love myself some eat local pizza. 767-0000. Open now. Call. Order online. Follow them on social media. Mm. So easy. Order online. Build your own pizza. Choose your size. Small, medium, large, extra large. Any size goes. Regular toppings. Gourmet toppings. Order sides. Yes, let's talk about this. Chicken wings. Garlic sticks. Salads. You got Greek or Caesar. Lasagna. Meat and cheese. Ooh, ah. Garden vegetable lasagna. Yes, made with zucchini. Yes, and then even gluten-friendly lasagna. Meat or vegetarian version. And then vegan lasagna. Made with vegan cheese and zucchini. They do it all. Eat local pizza. Call now. 767-0000. It's Eat Local Time. This is the Michael Aided Show, episode 85. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the one and only Kai Krings. Hi, Kai. Mike, how are you? <laughs> Doing good. It's, I can't believe we're 12 hours apart. It's only 12. It's not that bad. 50-50. <laughs> yeah. This is like from Germany to Vancouver. It's the same thing. Right. It's, I think almost. Or maybe that's just nine, but that's brutal. Nah. Yeah. You just got up, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, about an hour and a half ago. Kids are up, so I got up, come to work. Mm, wow. Yeah. Kids go to school now, right? Uh, one of them's... Uh, in pre-primary mm-hmm. so yeah he's at school five days a week and then yeah. the other one's in daycare and one's only three months old so he's at home wow we see you yeah wow yeah wow yeah well is australia a good place right now is everybody doing okay over there yeah especially well western australia with everything that's going on in the world is you know we've kind of isolated ourselves mm. so we've only had one covid scare for in the last 10 months. Wow. 
Um, obviously we had some uh, fires last year that were pretty, you know, devastating. And now the East coast is flood flooding as well at the moment. So it's crazy. It's, it's been a tough time on the East side. That's for sure. But mm. we've been very fortunate over here in WA. Okay. WA. What does that mean? I'm like, I'm not. Oh, that's what, uh, Western <laughs> Australia. Western Australia. See, I like geology. I always skip. I never went. <laughs> uh, I've never been to Australia. I've never been. Uh, no, that's a good spot, actually. I'm glad I wound up here. There's, you know, many, many worse places you could wind up. That's for sure. Yeah, it's beautiful. You are uh, like Christmas is in shorts, right? Every, uh, every yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been, that's the hardest adjustment, I think, is uh, mm. the 45 degree Christmas day. 45 degrees. That's like Celsius, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's a quick get together and swim at the beach and then head home so you don't burn. So what, what do you do then? You just drink margaritas all day? Uh, nah, a little bit of gin, mm. little gin sodas, you know, yeah. keep you cool and fresh. Cold chocolate instead of hot chocolate? Uh, you can't have any chocolate. It just melts. Mm, yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Have you yeah, ever tried? Of, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, just a lot of, a lot of fish instead of meats. It's uh, Christmas time now. Mm -hmm. So big, uh, big changes there. Yeah. I saw you, your recent post there, some tuna, salmon, all the good stuff. Yeah. We're, uh, well, right on the ocean here, so mm. you know it's good to have good to have good product right away. Yeah, you you go fishing? Uh, no, I don't. Mm. But uh, you know, uh, one of our local suppliers they're they're out on the boat every morning, so wow. sometimes it's a it's a surprise at what I get. Mm. Wow! Or how much of or how much of what I get? So mm -hmm. very fortunate to have them. Wow, that doesn't get fresher than this, eh? Fresh off the no. boat, fresh off the sea. But Yeah, literally, literally off the boat. Sometimes you get the whole fish and it's been like, you know, mm. caught an hour ago. So yeah, unless you're on the boat, it's the best thing. Yeah. Is the fish then still alive? No. Okay. They've yeah. already killed it for me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Right. Sometimes they put them in water or whatever. Sometimes they put them on ice. I don't know how that goes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it usually just comes in on ice for us and then we can take the head off and mm. everything from there. How long does it take you to get the fish ready, like fillet style? You just like... Uh, it could be about 40 minutes for like a whole tuna. Wow. Get yeah. the head off and everything like that. Wow. And then portion sizes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Saku tuna? Is that a thing? Is it saku? Or uh, is it? I usually get yellowfin. And over here, we're allowed to catch bluefin on the side of the world. Mm -hmm. So it's not on the endangered species list over here at the moment yeah but, so mm. tuna on pizza that's cool uh, i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> really not with my boss anyways oh no, i don't okay. think my boss yeah well I, i mean like your personal ex uh, only your personal uh preference i like to keep it simple actually mm. like just cheese in oh love a cheese pizza cheese pizza mm. uh, cheese Pizza, chili flakes, anchovies. Mm. Ah, Delicious. okay. Right on. Very, yes. Very, very simple. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Do you like thin crust pizza or like American style thick pizza? 
I uh, love a thin crust pizza, mm. but definitely, obviously, miss a, a dirty deep dish from Little Caesars or something. That's, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's for sure. Yeah. When did you, like, we worked together at the Valhalla, right? Yeah, that was, what, 2007 till uh, 2000, almost 2009, I think. Yeah, you came in and you rocked the place and then you left. I wouldn't say I rocked the place. <laughs> First year apprentice. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Like you had this, I always, when, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I ever said this to you, but I always felt like you, you know, you, you had this certain kind of atmosphere around you. There was always this ah, very approachable, very, I can talk to you, very genuine. I've, it's like something special. I don't know. It sounds stupid but i feel like that was around you you had this aura like you even went to those golf tournaments right sometimes they picked you uh, i think i went to one mm-hmm. and then at that point probably a year later i was uh i went up to uh, elkridge resort so i was still with the company but i had left yeah. a year and a half later mm-hmm. but you know that's uh i actually really appreciate that i have uh have a couple uh, employees that say the same thing like they're not scared of me Where I was always feared of my chefs, I think, growing up. Mm. I never wanted to say anything because I thought they were just going to bite me. So, <laughs> yeah. some of them. Some, some uh, knives, they do look like big swords, right? Yeah. Got to be yeah. careful what you say in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> Especially with some of the ones we had. Yeah. I, yes, that's right. Yeah. Are you, are you a knife collector? Uh, not really. Okay. I have a good amount, a good amount of chef's knives and stuff that I use, mm. um, but I don't, I don't spend over, you know, four or five hundred dollars on a chef's knife mm. every couple of years. Yeah, because yeah. then I just wind up with heaps of things and don't need that many. I don't think. Yeah. Do Do they actually really like good knives? They are meant to last, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a, my. my Go ahead, First sorry. set was uh, was uh, Henkel's German knives, mm. uh, and then I started using a bit more Japanese still. Yes, and my favorite knife right now is I think uh, one of my buddies, Steve Squire, and I have the same knife from like 12, 11 years ago. What? And it's still my favorite knife. Ooh, Japanese sharpen it on the stone. Yes, you know, never skips a beat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you just have it on the wet wet stone, and you just is it wet? Yeah, you wet it, right? Yeah, it's yes. the Yeah, that's beautiful. Whew. Because that actually works better than the one they give you when you buy the knife set, which is like a little pin, and then you just like you do this, and supposedly you actually use up the metal that way, right? You don't yeah, you just shred down your knife after a while. Yes, if you don't do it right. You get like the you get the bow in the center of it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then you were like, "What happened? Why is this knife so dull?" I can't even cut with it. <laughs> uh, punching it to the board and nothing's happening. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah, that's what I think too. You know, you buy a quality knife, whatever it is, and then you set for life, pretty much. It's like a samurai sword. It's like anything. You know, it's it's expensive to be cheap. Mm. That's a good one. Oof. Wow, going like at nine o'clock in the morning, you pull this out. That's good. 
It's only four hours of sleep <laughs> last night, I think, at this point. <laughs> yeah, you have a three months at home, right? Oh, mm. who's who's on night duty? Uh, 50-50. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, we. I was always a lucky guy. We have a six-year-old and a one-year-old, and I was the lucky guy who gets the baby and brings it over. And then usually Lisa feeds, and then I do the diaper, which is fine. This is teamwork, right? Teamwork is dream work. Absolutely. And you can't feed properly anyway, so no. it would just be weird if you tried. Yeah, I know. No, that's like, and nowadays, if he wakes up now, Lisa's going to get him. And if I don't do podcasts at night, then I'm going to go up there and take care of the little guy. It's beautiful. Sleeping okay? Uh, yeah, teasing a little bit right now. He gets those ones right now, uh, the corner ones. However, that's in English. I don't know, but like, yeah. he has almost all his teeth, and he's walking, and he's a year and two and a half months. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's rocking it. We just got him like rubber boots. <laughs> Because yesterday we were outside in the yard, and he was like. Uh, he, we only had those leather slippers because he was still so early and we are still in lockdown right now. So we, we like barely go out. And then he went where I was and he had to go through a puddle and then he suddenly he lost his shoe and he stepped in the ice cold water. <laughs> so he was just like crying actually. So that was outside time. <laughs> Super exciting. Yeah. That's the opposite. And ended very quickly. Yeah. It's the opposite of where you are. Where you are, you always have to have shoes on. Otherwise, you burn your sh your, your your feet, right? Well, you know, it's, it's one thing I never understood when I moved here. It was so many people walk around barefoot everywhere. Wow. Yeah. I think it took me a couple times to burn my feet to actually understand, you know, how hot the ground was. Yeah. But, um. Even now, like I play hockey over here and um, a couple of guys, they walk into the rink, you know, barefoot into the change room after wow. from being, you know, it was 40 degrees on the weekend and it was 14 this morning Wow! and it just changes so much, but I just, I never figured it out how they walk around with their gear barefoot, come into the rink cold. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No shoes, no sandals ever. Yeah. Did you take it? Did you check the feet though? They probably have like this insulation the skin callus just, or something yeah just like when you do pull-ups all the time it's the same thing <laughs> yeah they rip their hands open and it just builds over <clears throat> wow yeah you play hockey eh? yeah i started playing hockey again a couple of years ago and um uh i had no idea there was ice over here and someone um just gave me a free ticket to go skating and i was like skating mm. i had no idea there was a like state team and organized club and everything so wow i uh, went to go skating went up buying some skates and a stick and just started to go shoot the puck around mm. and yeah. then um someone asked me who i played for i was like oh, i've been played in years and then they asked me to play i said never play again and i was goalie Oh, and then it was just like, oh, we definitely need goalies. So <laughs> I took, so it uh, it kind of just fell back into place. Like I mm. um, got equipment when I went back to Canada for uh, a friend's wedding, yeah, in 
17. And then ever since then, it's actually just been, it's been really good. Wow. Yeah. You can, are you able to buy hockey supplies in Australia? This might seem like a very ignorant question, but you said you bought some stuff over here. Yeah. Well, eh, where we are, there's only one spot that, um, uh, that sells equipment that's just locked out to, mm. you know, one, like one brand Bauer. But if you go over East, they've got a couple other shops are very secluded from everything else. Yeah. Ah, so I just, mm. oh. opened the doors on me here and now something's vacuuming. <laughs> it's beautiful though. Like the background you have, like all the plants. That's very nice. Yeah, this is called the green room. It's a mm. small function room. I like it. Very relaxing. Yeah. Old, old soothing, this one. Yeah, this is the place you are, you're working at right now, right? Uh, yeah, I'm the head chef here at the moment. Ooh. Very nice. Yeah, it's been going pretty good. Mm -hmm. When did you when did you move to Australia? Like I lost you once you left Valhalla. Uh, I moved here in November 2015. Okay. Wow. It's yeah. been six years. Yeah, coming up this year. Mm. And that just it's really hard to believe actually. Yeah, you have a little bit of an accent now, eh? Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've heard that from a couple of my friends. Every time I have a little FaceTime with them, they're like, you sound funny. <laughs> I'm like, and then I talk to my parents and they're like, they just never hear it. Yeah. Oh, they don't hear it? Ah. No, my parents don't hear it. Uh, mm. yeah, it's a little bit. It's not much. It's like, like I have like on the phone, you can, you can choose your assistant right like siri or whoever it is or bixby you can uh, give them uh an accent yeah and i picked mine is australian i, I really like oh, that did you? yeah i really like the accent it's like i think it's nice that's uh, funny my phone uh sounded so normal when i moved here when i was using siri and google maps and then i realized she was getting lost <laughs> I, it's, something was wrong with my phone and like it was just taking me on these like wild goose chases pretty much around the city mm. i don't know what was going on but everyone's like she sounds different i never knew that you could actually change to where you're from yes and i'm just like ah oh, it sounds more like you and less like me so i mm. get it yeah okay yeah maybe she was like you're in the wrong place right now you should go back <laughs> yeah pretty much don't know where you are yeah what is the gps was definitely broken <sighs> yeah wow what a big change though right Is it a different world? I, uh, you know, it. Uh, at first, I thought it was. Um, in the last couple of years, I've, I've uh, made my own little group of Canadian friends through hockey. Ah. So it's uh, it's been quite comforting. Gives me, um, mm. you know, gives me a sense. Gives us all a sense of home, actually. Yes. Um, being over here. Yeah. So, That's a good yeah. It's it's obviously massive change, though. Like weather. Um, Well, being so hot and then, you know, at night the desert drops down to eight degrees and everything like that. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's been good being over here though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see it. Like I can see it being nice. No winter. I'm quite jealous actually. <laughs> I, you know, my first winter I was wearing shorts and sandals and everything and everyone thought I was crazy. By, by the third year here, I was so climatized. You know, 
uh, like I said this morning, 14 degrees and the house is cold. Mm. It's just, uh, it's, they're built differently. Yes. So like double ply window, single ply window. Okay. Um, some of them are brick, some of them are raised up. So you get the airflow mm. coming underneath the wood boards. Oh. So do you even it's, have it's a not, furnace? Not, uh, no, what we have is we've got five, um, different like reverse aircon units in the house. Mm. So they, uh, they'll pump heat through the winter and then obviously air conditioning in the summer. Okay. Works. But then as soon as you turn the heat off, it just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like warm air blowing at you and then it goes away. Yeah. Wow. Do you miss snow at all? Absolutely. You do, eh? I think that, uh, I think that's one of the, uh, the hardest things. Um, I just, you know, it rains here in the winter and there's no one ever says, let's go outside and play in the rain for 13 hours. <laughs> you know, like it just sucks when you're that wet. So yeah, uh, you can take the kids out in the snow or like, you know, mm. chuck them outside for four hours in a snowsuit and you're all good to go. But it's true. Just here. It's, it's a bit gross. So, yeah. yeah. You know, puddles though, right? Puddles and rain boots. That's like, that's the best. You're busy. You were on demand today. Wow. Everybody's talking to you. You know, that's good. I like that. <laughs> think of, uh, yeah. People are trying to do stuff around me. <laughs> I've just yeah. like locked myself in the back room. Yeah. The, you know, it always goes, it always goes on. You, I appreciate you making the time today and I, You know, with the time difference and everything, you said you're going to do it. First, that's a big thing. It's like, wow, 12 hours. I can't get over it. Oh, it could be worse. We could be, uh, you know, Vancouver to here. It's mm. like 16 or 15 hours or whatever that one is. It's even harder. What? So what would you do if you fly to Canada now? That's like, how long is that? 24 hours? How long is the flight? Uh, it depends what way. I guess we... Um, But we take like Shanghai? it's nice having everyone in it. Uh, no, the first two I did was uh, Perth to Dubai and then Dubai to Toronto. Yeah, which is which is quite good. Um, and then the last um, the last one we did was Perth to Sydney, Sydney LA, LA to Toronto, mm. which was a bit yuck, but it's okay. Yeah, did you get out in Dubai and? I rented some Lamborghinis. No, no, I didn't. Uh, two hour, uh, two hour layover, yeah, which was good. Yeah, just, it's you can get here in like 12, uh, I guess it was 28 hours that flight. Wow, wow! You did that with the kids? Uh yeah. There's just two. It was one the first time, and then two. Two last February or March when we flew back. Um, When we flew back uh, in COVID, mm -hmm. wow! We came back. Yeah, it was. Uh, we came back over uh, for my grandpa's 90th mm. um, in North Bay, and then when we left, yeah, it was the whole COVID scare. So yes, come back. <laughs> wow! And like I've done one trip with the little one when we only had one, and it was like an hour and a half, and that that was a lot on once on one flight. But how do you keep your kids calm for 28 hours? Um, you know, the first time, the first time I went, it was, uh, just, uh, my older son and I, mm. um, and he was, he was 19 months. I think when I brought him to Canada for the first, first time, he was just, you know, 
books playing with him, mm. got him his own seat so he could lay down across me and make it easier. Yeah. Um, I think I cheat, you know, cheat a little bit and let them watch the screen. Sometimes he wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the last trip, you know, as he, he was four, so he was a bit more alert and had fun just wandering up and down the aisle by himself and nice talking, talking stories to people. So that was, you know, and the other one was seven months at the time. Mm. Wow. Uh, Jasper was seven months at the time. So he just, he slept and hung out with us, yes. <laughs> strap him to, to your front and walk around with him as yeah. much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Did you fly in those airplanes with, they have like the bar and everything? Uh, actually, the the first flight that I got over here, I somehow got um, upgraded to Emirates business class for Ooh. free. And upstairs was a whole different world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. there was the there was the bar there was people in gold and jewels and i didn't belong anywhere there <laughs> i had long i still had a bit of hair so it was longer hair I had the yucky beard growing and <laughs> I, was, i was so out of my element up there it was i didn't think i was welcome that's for sure <laughs> well they you you know you got in you 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 had the experience why not right yeah It's definitely a good gift to go up there, but mm, I love it. I've never seen it. Like, would you would you hesitate to have a shower on an airplane, or if you get the offer, like, hey, Kai, we have a spot. I am. Um, <laughs> well, I don't. I, the plane was over full, and somehow I got picked. But they had they had um, they had showers up there. Yes, yes. And I, you know, I think I just soaked in the fourteen hour flight of you know. The, the open bar at the back and the, the bed and the TV pod and everything. It was, <laughs> I think I just, you know, we had a three course plated dinner up there. So Ooh. you got to, you got to choose everything, but yeah, no, I didn't, I uh, didn't have a shower there. Okay. I should have taken advantage of it because it's probably something I'll never do a shower on an airplane. <laughs> yes. yes. Same here. I would never like think about this. Like the longest flight I had was from, was from I think it was from Hamburg or from Frankfurt to Vancouver. I think that was the longest one. That's what thirteen hours. Yeah, I think it was even lo- maybe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just about the same as to Cancun. If you fly from okay. if you fly from Germany over, and that was like suddenly there was three more hours, and we thought we were almost there. So that was like a surprise, but. <laughs> You know, you learn to adopt, you learn to bring better socks, you learn to bring a toothbrush, all those things. Everything. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. You know? First Yeah, you need you need that on a long flight, especially if you're going with kids. It's like your undercarriage pretty much comes up with you. You're like, <laughs> oh I just got a small carry on, but it's actually twelve kilos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine like I never did a diaper on an airplane though. That's like I never done that. But I guess they have that all in the change room, like in the in the washroom. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's never never a fun time. No, no, no. especially not. Cram the area, trying to change a diaper, and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> baby goes flying, baby goes flying, yeah. hit your head. Yeah, yeah. And every kid is different too. Like, one the Albus, our older one, he was always very calm. Recently, Lisa sent me a picture of him. We did full service diaper change. He had a milk in one hand, and then he had on the other hand he had a waffle piece. 
It's like full service, right? And while he gets changed. And Kaspar, he's like really, he's on the go. You always have to give him something. Otherwise, he's going to take off on you. So I'm lucky that I didn't have to do it this yet. Uh, our, uh, our middle one, he's, yeah, he's always on the go. Same way. Just always needs something in his hands and then yeah. drops something, grabs something next. He sees like something shiny. And he's like, Who am I going to touch that? Runs away. Yeah. Ooh, something else shiny over there. The, the body's like halfway turned, running away almost. <laughs> mm, crazy. Okay, so you left and you started your own family. Yeah. 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 You got so you got married down there too, right? Uh we're not married, no. Oh. I thought I saw pictures. Hmm. Okay. No. That's my bet. I'm sorry, I apologize. Should probably do that at some point soon mm. though, but no, we're not married yet. I fuck up. I did fuck up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, maybe the last pictures would have been her brother's wedding. Okay. Yeah, maybe. That maybe, that maybe you saw, I don't know. Yeah. Or uh, Sure. Thank you for wedding, the help. Wedding. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I saw. Sorry I didn't read the the, the description. That's okay. Hey. Hope she's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, nowadays, it's almost like, I don't know how it is in Australia with the law and everything, but like in Canada, it's just like, you know this. It's like if you live together for, I think it's three months, you're common in law. And it's pretty much you have the same benefits as you are married. You don't have to be married anymore to, to nowadays. Yeah, no, it's it's the same here. It's three months, everything. You're just mm -hmm. common law. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Okay, so, but you still started your own family, right? Yes, mm. three I'm I'm half Aussie now, I guess. Like, Ooh. I'm just a, I'm just a resident, not a citizen yet. But um, okay. yeah, all the boys are uh, half Aussie, half Canadian. So mm. we're here for a while. Yeah, it sounds good to me. If I could, if I could pick it, I would be really. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I don't know. Like I said, uh, I do miss the snow. That's mm. you know, that's that's the one biggest thing. So yeah. if we could, yeah. I'd probably come back for a while. Do you have But like... It's nice. Oh, sorry. No, keep going. Do you have a ski hill, like artificial, like they have it in Dubai? Uh, no, there's... On the East Coast, there's the Blue Mountains. They actually have like four different uh, Australian ski resorts. Mm. Okay. So that's... Uh, I haven't been over there yet, but uh, it's, it's quite expensive just to, one, go over East and then to spend X amount of dollars on a... You know, a Loch style of hill. Mm -hmm. Oh, so. okay, yeah. Is is the travel expensive? Like in like flying in Australia in in from one city to the other, is that expensive in a way? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's the same as like you know Toronto to Vancouver. It's, okay. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it can be super expensive. Sometimes you can just find a really good deal. Mm -hmm. Um, I've flown over to the next state, which is um, South Australia. Um, partners from Adelaide so we've gone there about six times and she's gone for hockey um, uh, which has been nice because hockey covers that for her yeah. and then um, when we go further uh, I think twice we got a good deal but sometimes you look at $600 you know flight or ticket for a four hour flight which wow is ridiculous. that's ridiculous this is like mm. this is going from Amsterdam to Toronto that's the same price 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's cheaper for everyone to fly over to Bali for the weekend. Just yeah. like, mm. wow. which I haven't done yet. Mm. And, and driving is not an option, right? Oh, no, even, <laughs> um, no, that's, that's, um, mm. I haven't done even, I haven't done any of the long hauls yet, but, mm. uh, even just getting to South Australia is like a 27 hour drive wow. or something. And wow. that's just right beside us. Yeah, Western Australia is very empty. It's mm. like a massive desert and there's a couple other cities within it, but uh, Perth's like the biggest one. Mm. So, did you, uh, did you go and visit the desert? Like on the ash? You, uh, you checked no, it I out? Have, I've gone down south to like the winery regions and just checking out like other bays and stuff, but we don't go, we don't go north much. Mm. I guess it gets too hot. Well, that's, it gets even hotter. And then, you know, we go south where it's a bit cooler. Mm -hmm. If it's, you know, if it's 40 degrees here in the day, it could be 48, uh, two hours, two hours north. Wow. Do you feel so it? It's just absolutely. The 40 is, you feel it? Yeah. yeah. It was we had 40 on Sunday and we had 40 on Saturday and Sunday. And cause it was, I don't know, mid twenties, mid high twenties during the week. Like you just, especially in the kitchen as well. Like it just gets that much hotter, mm. but you, you feel gross. Like you don't want to be outside. Yeah. Is, so. They do that in Spain and stuff, right? They do fiesta. Like at one o'clock, they just, they say, that's it. We shut it down for four hours. When yeah. It, yeah. Is that a thing? No. Uh, <laughs> I remember when I was young, I remember when I was younger, mom took us to Mexico or took me to Mexico for, uh, I think it was like three or four weeks or something. Mm. And it was, Siesta time was like 11.30 to 2.30. Yeah. At, you know, peak hour of the day, everyone just rests. It should be a thing, though, because of, you know, the heat gets to people in mm. a different way. So Yeah. It's, it can be dangerous, really. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's, we, always, uh, we always have to keep the kitchen guys hydrated. Yeah. Uh, water, powered, Hydro Life, get them, make sure they drink, because it's not uncommon for people to pass out here. <laughs> Yeah, I believe that. Allow me to ask, is it like, because in Germany, carbonated water is a thing. It's like praised above plain water. How is that in Australia? Uh, yeah, I'm drinking a uh, soft bubble water at the moment. So oh, okay. it's like, it is a, it is a fancier thing, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, I usually just drink soda water and lime all the time. Mm. But... Um, Uh, the water, some, I just find some of the water just tastes a bit yuck. So mm. uh, we seem to buy like a big cast of water or, um, or a Brita. I have my own Brita and stuff just makes me drink more water. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. Mm. You know, you notice a difference versus it coming out of some taps. That's for sure. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Uh, you know what? I actually just gave up coffee, uh, Five days ago. Ooh, good for you. Oh, uh, yeah. It's been a bit of a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huge respect for that. My God. Headache? Uh, I've just become... Uh, I had a headache, a bit of muscle pain. Uh, I've just become, like, too dependent on it. And then I just drink it for fun. I'll be drinking a coffee at nine o'clock at night. And I just... Mm. You know, I'll have 12 a day sometimes, and it's not good. No way. So I decided to just cut it out cold turkey. 
five days ago. Wow. Good that we didn't do the podcast five days ago, I guess. <laughs> Probably would have been more lively in the morning than I am than I am at the moment. Uh, oh, I can't tell. You you seem just fine. <clears throat> I I tried to care with coffee a couple of times, but I always get a super headache. And I'm I uh, I'm I'm okay with drinking coffee now. I don't want to give it away. I worked with another guy actually that tried to give up the coffee and he was getting migraines so bad as like it was an alcohol withdrawal or something. Mm-hmm. He was pretty much nine days. Um, I think he was, he was pretty sick for nine days. Wow. When you're that dependent on it, you don't think of it as something that you just drink on the daily basis. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. So what do you do now? How do you like get through the day? <laughs> um, I started just honestly. I've had a green apple and uh, water and a hydro life mm. in the morning. Good, yeah. Trying to uh, trying something different. Talk about healthy! Holy, well, I try to be healthy. Oh, wow, yeah. I feel like lately I don't feel hungry in the morning. It's like I feel like I almost skip it now. Like the last couple of days, I've been like. Mm. It's just like I make sure I feed the baby first thing because he he's gonna lose it. There's no patience. <laughs> oh, you gotta feed them as soon as you get up. Yes. Yeah, and then it's like okay, well, let's prioritize this right now, and then yeah, well, after that, then I have a coffee, and then I'm kind of good. Maybe a toast, some strawberry jam, no butter. Mm. Good choice. Yeah. And, yeah, it's good, but yeah, like butter is good though, right? Butter is delicious. Mm. Yeah, butter and fish. Ooh, definitely up there. Mm. Simple butter, fish, lemon. Mm-hmm. Wow, how is it in Australia? Like, is it is in Thunder Bay? Very big is like local. We like you know we as a community we've come together even closer during the last year and a bit with the pandemic and like the 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 restaurants you know about that like you were here still in town when this they Paul popped up it's like there was the food scene exploded and like there's a lot of people involved with that how is that with you over there um where I am in Perth and Fremantle is like its own separate little city. It's there's restaurants and bars everywhere, and uh, Fremantle's very, um, you know, sort of like be connecting as well. Mm-hmm. So everyone supports local down this way, um, which has been which has been really good. Uh, even when we had our first shutdown there, um, everyone was trying to do takeout, and mm-hmm. we never actually had a full lockdown. Oh wow! It was just quick. And it was takeaway only. Because uh, WA was so um, just so isolated from everything else, from everyone else. Okay. Uh, so it really affected people over here for, I'd say, like two months. And then um, at this point, we uh, were still at like a half restriction kind of thing, mm. even though we've had zero cases and whatnot. But um, it's just just a national rule at the moment that every venue is at uh, half capacity. Yeah. So. Did, uh, are people still allowed to get in to Australia or is it closed? 
I think it's closed, to okay. be honest. I think you can come back if you're uh, a citizen, but the quarantine time's like two and a bit weeks mm-hmm. and you got to pay for it. So it's, it's not cheap. Yeah. I know some people that um, I have an Irish friend. He had to go away back to Ireland because his father's sick and he had to come back and yes. uh, they canceled his residency and then he got stuck in Ireland and then he came back, had to quarantine in Sydney and then had to quarantine in WA. So he was wow. months behind, months behind on life. Wow. And um, just everything else that he was dealing with financially, it's, it's, probably pretty tough Mm -hmm. for certain things yeah yeah your neighbors new zealand they did really good too eh? ah yeah they did Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that they were like one of the first ones who said okay we open up again because they closed it all down really like good yeah you sorry sorry, go ahead oh no sorry i was just looking at messaging me from over there yeah that's fine (laughs) I know you're on the go. You're on the go. Feel free. It's always good. You just put me on standby. I just talk. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, life goes on. So did you ever go over to New Zealand? No, I haven't been yet, unfortunately. Okay. One of my cousins was over there um, about two years ago. Mm. I was hoping to get over there as well, but I just... Yeah. It's uh, it's harder once you have the kids and... Um, just other priorities, unfortunately. But. Hey, I hear you. I hear you. But it's like that's where they filmed the Lord of the Rings, right? I have no idea. I've mm. never watched Lord of the Rings. Yeah. What? Did you read it? I know. No? I, no. No. Wow. I want to. It's like I've never watched Game of Thrones. Everyone's like, how have you never watched Game of Thrones? It's like, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. I, well, I can understand that. But like, what what, what are you watching then? If you do, uh, we don't really watch much TV, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think my partner and I started watching what is a Canadian show called Shit's Creek or something on Netflix. Yeah, we're like two two episodes in, mm-hmm. but that's that's the first show in probably like a year that we've sat down to watch. Nice. Yeah. So how lots is- of kids movies? Kids movies are a thing. Yeah, they they are yeah. the best, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So how is a typical day then for you? Like what, break it down for us to understand chef life. Um, well, at the moment, the, the weekly routine is pretty much uh, wake up with the, the two older ones, get them sorted a bit, take the big one to school, uh, come to work on uh, two days or One day a week at the moment, uh, Jasper, our middle child, goes to daycare. Yeah. Uh, Come to work, try and do like nine to six on the daily. Mm. And then one or two two days a week, I do like 10 to 10. So two doubles a week, which is just chef life as well. But yeah, uh, also also short staffed at the moment. And it's uh, obviously we're not getting resumes in to help cover that mm-hmm. um, just yet because of lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Then uh, here for the day and uh, go home, sort dinner, get the kids ready for bed, um, do some work on the computer. Uh, I have hockey training late nights on Thursdays. And one game a week on the weekends. So. Nice. Yeah. So there's never uh, there's never really a quiet moment. Mm. 
Yes. Always, always kind of moving. Always go time. Yeah. Go time. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, but it's it's the best, isn't it? It is. Um, it's nice to you know stay busy and you know not. I don't know. Some days I feel like I don't do enough, but mm. then other days where I feel like I've just done a thousand things in the day. So yeah, I feel the same. I, there's days I cannot. I want to do more, but they're possible. I cannot. You know, it's like you have to prioritize. It doesn't work like that anymore, where you can get everything done. It just doesn't. Not. Mm. It's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. And hopefully the sun will rise the next day. So. It's true. And you can do it again the next. You can finish it the next day. It's not the end of the world. Hmm. How's the daylight over there? Is it bright at six? Uh, oof. we're just coming. Up, we're just going into autumn, so it's starting to you know come up at six six fifteen. Um, summertime though, it's like they don't do daylight savings over here, so it's like nice. Um, well, it is and isn't. Why? It's like. 4.45, the sun's cracking up. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, All it's the kids terrible. are like, yay! Uh, uh, the older one, Lucas, he's he's up. like He's an early riser no matter what, but he's old enough now just to leave me alone. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, uh, yeah, the summertime, that's, you know, they didn't, they didn't do daylight savings. Apparently, it affects the cows. Okay. Um, so they they tried they tried it a couple of years ago, mm. and um, it just didn't work. And uh, a lot of road cyclists over here, so they, back to no daylight saving. So all the road cyclists can be on the road by five a.m. Wow! Swarms swarms of them. Mm. Crazy. So yeah. Wow. Do you, do you, but then, needless to say, like the the sun just disappears at night. Though you just watch it go over the ocean, and it's gone mm. in like ten minutes. Ten minutes. Wow. It feels like you see it just over the ocean, and then within that ten minutes, it just drops completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I was in Africa once in Kenya, and because it's like right at the Equator, Equator, whatever it is called in English. You know, my English. Wait a wow. You got it. You're fine. Ah, thanks. Oh. <laughs> How do you say that in Australian? <laughs> Wait <a. laughs> I like that. So Something this, along those yeah. lines. Sun goes up. Boom. At six. Sun goes down at six. That's crazy. It's just like, it's like one day it's bright. Now one minute it's bright. Next minute it's dark. It's so quick. Never seen anything like it. No, that's that's one thing. I definitely when I was home a couple of years ago. First thing I remembered was the uh, the the sunsets. I was like, it was it was August when I was there the first time after leaving. It was a nice sunset in Kekabeka Falls. I was just like, oh, I missed this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like living at the sea, that's kind of nice. It is a good thing to. To jump in the ocean in the morning, you feel fresh. Oh, sure. come on. <laughs> you definitely feel fresh. Yeah. It's like nothing better than that. Sharks, though? Sharks? That's the thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. It uh, definitely turns you off from surfing. You, you or, was, uh, yeah. 
You'd no, no. I, I thought when I moved here, like, I was going to try a water sport, but there's mm. just no way. I'll go out. I'll go back to the hockey rink and just stay in the safe zone. Safe zone. Yeah. Where it's frozen. It's frozen. <laughs> no fish there. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't um, think I would. You get a couple you. little jellyfish and stuff. Hmm. It's, oh, sorry, I think we lagged out. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry I cut you off again. I'm so brutal today. No, no, it's I think cut out a bit. Mm. Did, did so like do they advise, hey, today's the shark day, it's like red or black? Um the beach watching and stuff that they have is pretty good. Like there's you know, they'll set off alarms and they have um uh shark helicopters that check the beach on the regular wow so everyone's kind of mm. you know, it's it's a lot it's a lot safer than it was i guess in the 80s mm -hmm. but you know everyone says there's more sharks coming closer and closer but i just think all the technology and everything now yeah. well we've heard about it too like all the technology now is you know they can detect where every shark is kind of thing so mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense to me Is it like is it like gated off or is it all open? Like the net? Do they have a net around the area where you're allowed to swim? I'm really lagging a little bit again. That's okay. Uh, some of the um, some of the some of the beaches do have some of the beaches have uh, netted areas, mm -hmm. and then a lot of the new um, housing development that's been built on the ocean. What they've done is they've you know added a little island and then they've made a dam and everything in there so it's that's kind of super safe okay um but recently uh recently someone was attacked in the river by a bull shark wow so you know everyone says oh the river is the safest to swim in and never never any attacks from a bull shark and then i think it was like two three weeks ago um yeah a guy had been attacked in the river by a bull shark a bull so, shark wow how big Just an, oh, I don't know. Just an, another thing that, you know, mm. I just pretend isn't there. Okay. It's like the snakes. I just pretend they're not here. Yeah. Until I see one. Yeah. <laughs> Australia is pretty, uh, like, wildlife. It's like, it's, isn't it like the one of the most dangerous places to live for humans? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's not really comforting when you see, when you're on the way to the beach and, or even just down the street and uh, at the park and stuff. And you see all the snake signs, you know, snakes mm. live here. And, uh, um, and then the dunes and stuff, you know, you shouldn't let your kids play through there. It's just tiger snakes and, wow. and stuff. And two of the, uh, two of the most aggressive and poisonous snakes out there. Mm. So, um, it, um, my partner, she was at the beach, I think, and, beginning of the year mm. and as she was walking down the path that one had just you know swiveled across and he just let the let the snake do its thing but uh not really looking to attack you hopefully but yeah you don't want to step on one that's for sure at night mm. what's what's the rule like you the know babies though are the, the the dangerous ones the babies yeah because they don't know how to release their venom oh. so they uh they just you you could be dead in 15 minutes with the baby snake. Wow. 15 minutes, half hour. 
and you, you don't actually know if you ever get bit because their their teeth are finer than, than like a you know a grain of salt. What does that mean? So, so you don't feel it when they bite you? Yeah, the, supposedly like the little ones, like the babies, because their teeth are so you know like a grain of sand or something. Mm. You just don't even know if it's like a stick brushed against you, or you just you uh, just don't know. Okay. Yeah, it, unfortunately, people do die of snake bites here. Um, we had a lady just uh, where I used to live about hundred meters past us. She was walking home from the beach. She got bit by a snake and she didn't know. And she wound up, she wound up dying. Wow. So it's, yeah, you, you know, sad. Mm. It's, it's, you know, all the reptiles live there. So mm-hmm. can't really do much about it. No, just gotta be careful. Is, is a, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, obviously. I'm just a podcaster, but like, isn't it like a thing where you get an antidote? Is that a thing? I yeah, you have to pretty much. You have to wrap. So if you get if you get bit in the hand, you need to wrap from your shoulder down to your hand as tight as possible, mm-hmm. and then you don't wipe the bite. You leave it so when they get to the hospital, they can, you know, just test the venom right away. So they give you the right uh, antidote. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like this is like the one oh one of like survival, I guess. Yeah, it's well when you go to your when you refresh your Red Cross over here, snake bites on that list no matter like where you what you're doing it for. Wow. So it's I was like, Oh, this is something different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we have snakes over here too, but not like that at all. No, mm. not like the little red gardener snakes from Kekabeka. Nope. Nope. Wow. No. Mm. Okay. But you you were happy though, right? You know you like the place where you are. Yeah. yeah. Um definitely established it took a I think it took a good year or two to finally, you know, find a good fitting of people. Mm-hmm. Um And uh, just to, I think, you know, hockey, hockey was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that brought a lot of good people in my life. When I got here, I was just doing a lot of work, uh, young dad, different country, uh, trying to pay for visas and stuff like that, or look for sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I just kind of got a network of people and it just became really good to be over here. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Whew. And the beer's good? The beer's good. Um, big, well, craft beer, I guess, worldwide in the last 10 years is obviously blowing up. Mm. Uh, there's a couple good breweries around us um, within Fremantle itself and then uh, north and south. Like you go down to Margaret River region and um, that's like the wine region of Western Australia. Yes. Uh, heaps of breweries and uh, gin gin distilleries are another really big thing over here at the uh, moment. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, with um, with the craft beers, um, we like to partner up with them and do a couple of barbecue events because out on the patio, we've got a smoking section in the restaurant as well. Ooh. And a uh, guy from St. Louis is, runs our smoking program over here. And... Uh, Yeah, so he does really good stuff. Mm. Um, 
it's uh it's been that was a i think that's one of the funnest things in the last little while i've had a lot more time to spend with him uh, learning how to smoke and whatnot but yeah it's just crazy it's just it's all about the wood and the fire and the wind and cool. yeah. yeah so i know i picked up a smoker when i would lift out in the in the boonies and you know it was like three shelves And you could pack ice because I wanted to cold smoke salmon, right? Oh, that is from about holidays. Yeah. Well, the, you know how they did it. And that's good. Yeah. But I wanted to do it at home because I like that yeah. kind of salmon. Like, it's like, oh, it's delicious. Yeah. It's like the best salmon for me. I just love it. Yeah. It's good at breakfast or it's good in the afternoon. It's, yeah. it's, it's always good. Quick snack. Yeah. It's just like on the toast. Like it's a traditional meal too. Like in Germany, it's like New Year's Eve. You uh, have a slice of toast. You put the smoked salmon on there, thick, possibly like two, three slices if you can. Then you uh, an egg that you cooked, slice it up, and then you put on a mixture of mayonnaise with pickles in it. It's called remoulade. Love a remoulade. Oh, you know it about this? Uh, Dad's German. Ah, um, okay. I didn't know. Um, well, the name says it, but I mean, like, we never talked about <laughs> this. <laughs> um, yeah, Dad's from uh, uh, Hamburg, and mm. um, stepmom and my grandpa are from Cologne. Okay, I still have second cousin. Still have a second cousin out in Cologne, actually. So, wow. my godmother is out in Frankfurt, I believe, as well. Mm. I've never been. You've never been? Oh. No. It's, I know. It's very sad. One day. One mm. day I'll get there. Um, my partner is Hungarian. Good. Um, as well. So, so we'd like to get over there. Her, her dad actually uh, um, was teaching in Germany years and years ago as well. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's one a good, day we'll get there. That's a good round trip. Yes. Yeah. You just, you know, and then maybe if you go a little bit later, the kids will remember it too. It's nice that way then. Yeah, as they get older, you know, it's that's the thing about some of these trips with the kids, right? Like they, you know, they won't remember the first couple of years, but mm -hmm. once they're four and up, it's, I think it's a bit more eventful for them. Yes, that's where the magic is. Everybody remembers mm. that. Oh, you got, you got things on your bucket list. What else is on your bucket list? Ah. Uh, On the next couple of years, hopefully, uh, a friend of mine, we're trying to open a gourmet sandwich shop. That's mm -hmm. on my, I guess, life goal slash bucket list. Nice. To do over, to do over here. Mm -hmm. um, and, well, once COVID settles down, we'd obviously like to go travel more. Yes. Um, uh, recently, we wanted to set up uh, a hockey team to go play in a thailand tournament Ooh, uh, yeah so obviously that's canceled as well again yeah i think um but yeah that's something i'd like to do uh drive across scotland is another thing i really want to do mm. and then eventually drive across australia would be another you know tick off the bucket list i think yeah just you to see more just to see more of the country Yeah, they have this famous, the biggest, I don't know, allow me to say this, I'm not, like, this is not in any way correct, because I cannot 
remember, but they have the biggest, it's actually, is it still the proper term? I don't know either, but it's Aboriginal. Is it the, is it, is that the proper term for the indigenous people over there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they have this big rock, right? You know what I'm talking about? I'm not too sure. Yeah, the, the, in, I think it's in Australia. The big uh, red rock, and it's the biggest solid rock that is exposed in the landscape, I think. And they, they actually, they finally boarded it off now because it is actually like, for them it's holy and it's like something very traditionally and you don't, they, they want to protect it. So I guess obviously you have not been there because you don't know. Oh, I have it. <laughs> yeah. This is the things you learn. Sorry. I, you're teaching me about yeah. Aboriginal people in, in the country that I live that I don't know much about, unfortunately. Yeah. I read a good <laughs> now book I'm about it. I'm going to have to ask my partner. She's a teacher. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken too. I do mistakes all the time, but like I read a really good book about like Australia and the way, you know, the Aboriginal people behave and think and reflect life and their way of life. It's very fascinating. There's a, there's this proper term called going on a walkabout. Never heard it. Yeah. I think they made a movie out of, out of that too. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Mm. This, this one, this one is empty. Beer looks empty. Yeah, it is empty. Uh, <laughs> Gonna have water now. <laughs> That's right. It's in a mason jar. It makes it look cool. Yeah, yeah. We we're going green. You know, I'm not buying glasses yeah. anymore. No, I've got a couple of mason jars at home, mm. and there's just so I was like, why don't you just buy another glass? Mm. I was like, why? The yogurt comes in these. These are perfect. Yes, and yes. there's a lid. Yeah, I do the same thing. I'm you not take it in the car, and it doesn't spill. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What do you, what do you drive over there? Everybody has a pickup truck? Survival? Uh, everyone seems to drive big off-roading vehicles or super tiny cars. <laughs> yeah. So, uh I have a I have a Nissan X-Trail and a Mazda CX-9. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Three three kids and needs a space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three kid seats, I guess. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The um the one vehicle has um three in it and the one just has two in it, but you know, the mass has got seven seven seats. Mm. So if we ever get friends to go in the back, but Yeah. Mini, mini vans aren't really popular over here, so not buying one of them. No, no, I I, no, I understand. That's fine. I heard, like you guys can buy a, a VW pickup truck over there, and then we can't buy over here, like the Amarok or whatever it's called. Oh, it, oh, it's so nice. Did you drive it? I think that's uh, that would be that. Uh, one of the guys I played hockey with last year, he he has one yeah. and yeah we've been in them that's mm. uh, nice it is okay i think that's uh when i upgrade the um when i upgrade the nissan x trail that will be uh something on the on the list i think mm -hmm. try it out yeah. that or a toy 
or a Toyota Hilux. Ooh, those are good too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That's the most popular one. Mm. That and the Prado, I think. Okay. Everything's diesel over here too. Really? The, the weather. So yeah, everywhere. It's very, I think there's more, more diesel, uh, than, than petrol, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but, um, yeah. So it's almost like the Mercedes. And, uh, if you, once you start getting into all four, yeah, <clears throat> all the Audis and stuff, they're all diesel. Mm. Yeah. I, I, it's expensive to fix diesels. Yeah. And Germ- yeah. German cars break down too. It's a lie. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. They definitely do. Yeah. They definitely the, do. Uh, at one point we had an Audi A3 mm. and the air compressor had gone on it in uh, like three times or twice, twice. Yeah. Yeah. Not cheap. Everything breaks no matter what. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. It's not, it's not promised to last forever. No, but I'm, I'm jealous. You guys have that truck because I, I wanted to try it out. And they don't have it over here in Canada. Well, I'm pretty sure you could just get it sent over. Mm, right. You can put that in your um, carry-on list next time you fly over, right? <laughs> oh, just just throw it on the boat. It'll be there in about you know four months for you. Yeah. And then you have to get that special license to drive the other oh. yeah, on the other side of the wheel. Yeah. How's that for you? Oh, at, at first it was because uh, well, I would drive manual back home and I drive manual here and that's the hardest thing like you know back home first gear is right beside you where it's yeah. opposite oh it's so first as far away and then and then fifth and sixth is right beside you Ooh. so that was uh yeah that was a bit strange because you're always driving with your left hand switching with your right and then I felt really odd yeah how many times um, did you I've switch? definitely gone <laughs> Oh, a couple. I think a couple. I I was I've been here about a month, and I think I was here about a month, and I did a hard left turn out of somewhere instead of flowing into traffic, and I was driving three and a half, four blocks on the wrong side of the road. Oh no! And cars were just like getting into the next. Cars were just getting into the next lane. Um, no one honked. No one was like flashing lights or anything. And then I came up to a red light and I realized that I was dead on with traffic. Oh no. And then the guy beside me is like, you're in the wrong lane. And like <laughs> he's, he's just yelling at me. And I was like, what? Like I'd been like that for quite a while and no one did anything about it. And this guy just was super nice about it. And just let me in. And then I was like, thanks man. I've been here a month. <laughs> like, so, but definitely have gone around. <laughs> Oh, that's that's it could have been an accident for sure yeah but mm. uh, you just you just forget sometimes like i go to go around a roundabout but i hit i take a right turn instead of a left turn like Ooh. it's the weirdest thing yes every now and then you you, you catch yourself doing it and you're like oh no wrong way mm-hmm. but yeah you never want to be first in line like, uh, no no that's uh actually when we when we came home last time eh, it was uh because we we drove here and then thirty later 
get off a plane and then straight to the Toronto rental, you know, Toronto airport rental yeah. car spot. And I've then I'm there. driving on the opposite side of the road again with the three kids. And I'm like, Oh, I haven't done this in a long time. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> well, but we're all alive. We're yeah. all alive. We made it back. Mm. Did you ever shift from third gear into first then, I guess? Yes. Yes. That, uh, definitely. Yeah. It happens <laughs> you get the, the extra chug on the car and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you feel a little bit of resistance yeah. going into the first gear and you don't know why because you think it's, it's a six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You skip from third to fifth sometimes, but it's actually first. <laughs> well, you know, it happens. It's all good. I've done like that's a beauty of manual too, though. That's, yeah. Sometimes you can just shift from second to fourth. You don't need even to go into third, right? No, yeah. Hmm. Depends on. I think it depends on the car. Like uh, my old Honda CRV, all of them that I've had were all manuals, but I could start that thing in second gear. Oh, wow. even, okay. Like, and then you just go second to fourth sometimes, and then it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Probably not good for the uh, the engine, but it's all right. Hey, supposedly there's people who also shift with no clutch on manuals. Is that the thing, or is that just like spook? Oh, I'm not too sure. Okay, all right. Let's not talk about uh, the this. the one thing that did. The one thing that was super confusing was, you know, you always have to put the clutch in to start the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Here, here, your manual vehicle, you can just turn it on like an automatic. Mm. Because it's a diesel? The clutch doesn't have. Nah, no, just a normal one. Okay. That's very, that was the first time I'd been always pun punching the clutch in. And then my partner one day, she just walked outside, turned the car on. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, How'd you turn the car on? She's like, what do you mean? And it's just obviously something I didn't know because. Mm. I remember the first time driving manual when I was like 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. I remember, mom, the car doesn't start. It's broken. <laughs> like, you gotta put the clutch in. It has to be in neutral. All oh, right. All right. That's why it's not working. Yeah. But, If, I think I said this before. Learn. With the diesels, you actually, you, I think you still have to push it down, but then you can just take your foot off the clutch and it just rolls. It, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't die like the gasoline. If you let go of the clutch and you oh, don't, yeah. you don't accelerate, it dies. Right? It's just like. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, manuals uh, hard to come hard to come by nowadays, but they're always you know a cheaper option because no one every everyone nowadays just wants Bluetooth. They can go. Like, no one actually wants to pay attention while they're driving. Mm -hmm. so, that's probably why there's so many accidents over here. The worst driving I think I've ever done has been over here. Mm. No, lots of Teslas over there? They've, what? Uh, they've just... Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a good amount. Mm. Definitely more popular over here than they were in Canada, say, six years ago. Yeah, I noticed when I went back home to BC last year uh, uh, when I was in Penticton. Uh, they they had heaps. I haven't seen them yet in like five years. So mm. 
but they they have a nice truck too. The truck's quite popular over here. The cyber truck. Yeah. What do you think about the cyber truck? I wouldn't buy it, but mm. it's not for me. It's yeah, yeah. That's fair, but it's it's interesting, you know, like because. I feel like you always want... It's very similar to Thunder Bay too, right? In Thunder Bay, there's a lot of pickup trucks and that you have the mentality of like survival a little bit. It's still here. We are very isolated, you know? It's yeah. it's different. And then the, over there where you are, it's the same kind of deal where, you know, if you go somewhere, you make sure you bring everything. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, like I was saying, with the, everyone just buys bigger off-road vehicles. They're, you know, they're all jacked up. They're jacked up. They've got the sunshade on the thing, on the sides. They've got pop-up tents on Ooh. the top of the roof. It's just like the standard here because you just drive out to the beach and you can camp out, at, you know, on the side of the ocean oh, man. and not pay a thing. Wow. So, That's amazing. I'm so jealous right it. now. <laughs> my, uh, my partner's brother does quite a bit of it. Actually, both of our brothers, but one's in Adelaide and one's just uh, like 40 kilometers from us. But mm. uh, he's just left the Navy and that's like something he's big on doing. They go up, they, they'll go up for like a three-week drive up north and they just have the, the jacked up vehicle and yeah. all the toys and the electric, you know, fridge yeah. in the back and epic tent on top. So, yeah. No kids, so. No, they have they uh, they just had their second one. Oh well, that well, wow, what? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I just so they won't be doing it for a while. But last like last year, we we met them a little bit up north after Christmas, and uh, nice. they'd done like a two week trip with with their daughter. Mm. I like it, but just hard living out of a car. Yeah, it is. It's it's. I've thought about it, you know. But not once you have kids, I don't think I could do it. And then it, for me, that's not an option. No, you need like a whole, um, like a Westphalia or mm. like a small motorhome or something, you know? Yeah. Or a fifth wheel or whatever they are. Yeah, like a school bus? Yes, I'll need a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can paint it like Team Krings, right? Or like whatever. But like you have a hockey team. team. Like you have a jersey too. I saw that. Uh, yeah, well, I, I play for, uh, uh, the Coburn Blackhawks, yeah. just men's, men's div too. Um, it's good fun though. Like it's an organized club with ice hockey Australia. Um, so it's still very competitive, but it's, you know, mm. it's not like, not like it, trying to go pro pro or anything. Yeah. Well, you never know, right? As long as you enjoy it, that's oh. the main thing. Yeah, it's yeah, mm. it's my downtime. Yeah, you know, with the boys and just to also get also get exercise. Yeah, do you do anything else exercise wise? We always talk about this on the show. Uh, in the last year, not really. We were we we're doing a bit of boxing, in, um, just in the garage. Um, my partner's also a. PT, so or personal trainer. Mm. So 
she always has a good workout for me to do just at home if I need to. Yes. Nice. Uh, but uh, just with everything, like just how busy I am and uh, getting to hockey twice a week is, you know, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, see it's my, it's how I, it's how I clear my head as well. Like yeah. with uh, stress or anxiety or mm-hmm. work or family or anything that's going on. So that's good. Yeah. Do you, do you meditate at all? Uh, I try to like even like, or just talk to myself in my head mm. to, you know, relax and, and, you know, uh, stressful. If I ever get stressed out, I just try and keep myself calm at all times. Mm. Try to. Yeah. So the pandemic, if you allow me to say this really has been you over there, you have been very fortunate overall. Uh, everyone in Western Australia has, um, been very fortunate we've literally are the safest place in the world wow um i think we i don't even know how many cases we had maybe i think 50 mm. 50 covid cases um i think we only had nine deaths over here the first the first death in australia was over here mm. um and then uh a couple after that and but yeah we've you know our um our premier, he just shut the borders down from every state. No one was coming in, no matter what. Yeah, uh, he did. He did an amazing job, and uh, he just he just got reelected uh, about a week ago. Okay, by, by like a landslide, it was insane. Wow! But it's you know it's how he's he's kept his state safe at all times. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Mm. All right. So you you earlier you said that you know you. You head chef right now. You, you, you do a lot where you are at the moment, and it's busy. You like cooking; always has been your thing, right? Uh, well, I kind of just fell into it. I mean, I wanted to do film and photography, and then I started. Uh, or was I was a dishwasher at the keg in two thousand and one mm. in high school yeah and then just kind of you know did that for a while and then i got a job at uh whitewater and the valhalla where i saw you know more of food got more interested in it and then and, um just started being around people that actually cared about food and it just wasn't you know something that came out of a packet but mom always cooked at home too. So yes. we had a little bit of interest in it. Like we never ate heaps of junk food and stuff like that, but yeah. Mm. So I just, I just went with it. And uh, after the Valhalla with um, airline hotels, I had a good experience or well, a good opportunity to go up to Elkridge when um, Giuseppe and Giuseppe were up there. Yeah. And, and um it was supposed to be like a temporary two week helping. And then next thing you know, I think we were there for like three months and then I came back and I met the, um, the new head chef right before I left. He was, it was quite young at the time as well. And then he asked me to come back and I brought my cousin out there and, and then, uh, Steve Squire was at the Valhalla and I, he came and joined me a couple months later as the sous chef out there. So yes, it just had a lot of good people around. Yeah. Mm. And then I guess after that, uh, moved out to Canmore 
uh, Camor, Alberta. I uh, worked at a couple more resorts. I worked at a restaurant. Um, five years I was up there. Uh, and then kept going west. So went to uh, Poplar Grove Winery uh, for about 18 months before moving here. Mm. Had a lot of fun out there. And uh, um, they actually had me back last year for Fall Wine Festival, which was really fun. Mm. So I, f- I flew back with uh, some ingredients from Western Australia and did um, Fall Wine Festival with uh, my old chef and a bunch of the guys I worked with, which is a really great experience. That's beautiful. At that time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you like wine then? Um. I used to drink a lot more wine when I was in Canada, I think. Mm. Um, I think I've kind of gotten back into the, like the craft beer scene. Cause that's kind of what we are. Yeah. And, um, the, a lot more gins, like the gins over here, just insane. How many distilleries there are. And, uh, you know, all these f- different mock-ups and stuff like that nowadays, like, mm. just intense flavors in them. But Nothing like a classic gin, though. Just a gin soda with a lime. Mm. But it's nice to it's nice to try all these um, new things that are coming up. Yeah, I agree. That's good. I like it. I I dabbled in some scotches a little bit recently. Oh yeah, I, I got a couple of Scottish and Irish friends, and I just can't do it. No way. <laughs> no, I just uh, yeah, the whiskey and the scotch just mm. doesn't do it for me. What is at it? All. Is it too rough? What? I'm really not sure. Just don't like how it just goes down my throat. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. But I feel like once it gets here, I just instantly get like a heartburn feeling at all mm, times. Okay. From it. So I just, I don't even bother. Yeah. I respect that. You guys, you over there in Australia, you guys make really good um, electronic skateboards too, eh? Oh, do we? Yeah. Like, there's this one brand. Usually. Mm. Um, you got to use your foot on a skateboard, right? You got to push. You don't need an electronic one. Oh, I like ele- I, I like electronic skateboards. Actually, you can actually break. <laughs> All right. I feel like I'm a little bit more in control. You have never tried, right? Did you try? No, I, I haven't tried. Yeah, you should. Yeah, and it's quick too, and you don't sweat. That's cool. <laughs> so no exercise involved whatsoever yeah it's amazing especially on a hot day but imagine you're in shorts bring a helmet though right maybe not shorts it's your call and then you just like you have a little control and you just like you can go up to always oh, and we see them cruising around with a little hand control yeah 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 is it I don't know. same with the electric scooters very popular as well at the moment mm-hmm. you just see everyone on like these electric scooters and like the electric skateboard cruising down the street because you don't have to pay for parking then yeah is it is it a thing more and more people think about getting rid of their vehicles or is it more like it's not an option really you know when the whole pandemic was on it was interesting to see how many people one biked walked um was skateboarding scootering wherever and then uh, all of a sudden poof everyone's driving again mm-hmm. but at a certain, certain point like you definitely know people want to try to carpool or take uh, public transport um just well there's a couple of free buses and stuff around but um 
so many households now have more than like one vehicle. Yes. And parking is not cheap. Okay. Like you'll spend, uh, I'm actually very fortunate. I have free parking, but um, there's a lot of people, you know, spend $35 a day to pay for parking. $30 or, a day? Or 50. Like if you get into the city, okay. you pay like $50 for parking. Wow. And it's not like, I remember back home getting my first like parking ticket on the side of the street where it was like a $15 Thunder Bay mm. slap on your hand, parking ticket, not a big deal. Here, your parking ticket's like $180. $180. (laughs) (laughs) So you just, you just pay for parking and don't, you know, you don't want that extra ticket. You want to save a couple bucks. You don't save a couple bucks. Yeah. Don't do that. Wow. Yeah. 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 Parking tickets are now 30, 35. It changed a little bit. It's doubled in 15 years. So that's good. Yeah. Which (laughs) makes sense, right? Inflation, whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. Everything goes up. Yeah. What is, well, are you a ketchup or a mayonnaise person? Depends on what. Okay. Good, good answer. I like that. That's good. It really, like, definitely Canadian love ketchup, but mm. mayo definitely always on, like, you know, my sandwiches. Yeah. It's like mayo bacon in Australia. Sorry for all those ignorant questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, ketchup, not really, because they call it tomato sauce, which is just not i don't know it's weird i don't like calling it tomato sauce um uh yeah mayo or aioli's you know yeah very popular everyone likes a solid flavored Mm. or infused mayo nice Mm. wow yeah you know it took me a couple years too to get comfortable in thunder bay as well like in canada in general because i think one of the biggest things for me was like the food i really like the food that was like one of the biggest I think boundaries for me personally, where I was adjusting and language. Yeah. Mm. Do do people call you out? Think, oh, you Canadian. Uh, well, it's the ones you know. That was like, oh, I'm sorry because you're American, and I'm just like, <laughs> like, oh no, are you Canadian? You must hate me. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> and clearly, I'm not from here. You guys make a mistake for me being Canadian or American. It doesn't matter yeah, yeah. to me. Yeah. Where some people are just get super offended about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but um, that's you, though. You're a nice guy. Uh, they always, you know, say we say sorry too much, right? So mm. sorry for something. I, you know, stop saying sorry. Why are you sorry? <laughs> yes. I'm like, sorry about that. Yes. <laughs> Canadians are always so bloody nice. <laughs> like, am I though? Uh, so good. Mm. So, the place you are right now, right? It's a beautiful place. I, I don't want to say something wrong with the name, so I leave that up to you to say where you are right now. Uh, where I'm working? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Norfolk Hotel in uh, Fremantle. Yeah. It's uh, buildings i think it was 1880 it was built wow so it's a yeah, it's a really cool building it's heritage heritage listing so um you know they've they've had heaps of renovations over the last 100 years mm. um, it's come down from a i think originally it was a four-story hotel or a three-story hotel just down to like a one-story uh up top we only have nine nine little uh, luxury kind of rooms it's beautiful. And then it's, um, and we've got essentially three little different venues within the hotel. Mm-hmm. So we have the courtyard, 
the courtyard bar and then middle level we have um the odd fellow bar which is a gin gin and whiskey bar Ooh. So, yeah it's it used to be in the basement when i moved here years ago but they brought it up because mm-hmm. they've got about three hundred thousand four hundred thousand dollars worth of alcohol on the wall wow so that's that's really neat down here and then below us is um is that this one here is that the one that is the one yeah it doesn't like it doesn't it's fixed on my face but whatever yeah wow who's doing inventory on this (laughs) inventory is a it's uh that's that's only one wall there's another three walls on the other side part of the other bars but um inventory for them is a whole 10 hour day yes so i think i think we've got 20 20 taps as well wow um and then because it's yeah it's a beer scene too so mm-hmm. on the other bar there's about 20 taps and then that and then below us is the aardvark um aardvark's a grunge kind of music event mm. so it it's only open on uh, like three, four days a week. Yeah. Um, that's where the old whiskey bar used to be. But okay. um, yeah, downstairs kind of cool. Um, uh, a lot of bands get to come and do like their, uh, you know, they use it as practice area as well. So it, mm-hmm. that's super cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so different food kind of in each of them out of the one small kitchen. And then we've got a uh stone pizza oven on the courtyard side and then we've got the smoker kitchen just off this wall for me over here Ooh. so how does that and the main kitchen back over there <clears throat> oh. yeah how does that work you know when when there's heat and it's hot people uh, tend to eat less is that correct am i mistaken uh, um I think if you're like, for me in the summer here, my meals are quite light mm. or skipped and filled with water. Um, I do notice on hot days, like obviously I feel like seafood and pizzas are like a big popular thing. Yeah. Um, but when people come down for the American barbecue, like he's in the summer, he's flat out. Like we go through, uh, we weren't even open seven days a week on the smoker this summer because of everything that kind of went on, but we were still going through 140 kilos of brisket a week. Wow. Um, so the, the feasting board, you get like five different types of meat on that board and a couple sides and pickles and stuff like that. And, uh, that's a hundred dollars for four people mm. to have this like Epic American style barbecue board. Yeah. That's a good deal. I would say so. Yeah, it is a good deal. It is. I I remember the briskets I bought at the Valhalla. They were like, they were like seven kilograms a piece. So I can actually picture what 150 kilograms of brisket means. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) that's yeah. The the amount of meat that we go through just off that section alone is you know Mm. that's that's just as brisket. Like we we're doing um, at the moment we're doing uh, smoked beef shank as well. Uh, he's got a taco coming off there. So we got pulled pork coming out of that kitchen. Nice. Um, we've got lamb leg on the rotisserie Oof. and we've got, um, 
uh, chicken thigh on the other rotisserie mm. as well. And that's just all, that's just like a meat section really. Yeah. So that's, you know, 400 kilos of meat a week just off him. Mm. Uh, yeah. Alligator. Is that a thing? I haven't had alligator. No, I think mm. that's like a Florida thing. Okay. But you have crocodiles. Let's say crocodiles. Crocodile. Yeah. Uh, haven't seen one yet. They're like Northern territory slash Queensland comes down on the East coast a bit more. Okay. Same, same with kangaroos. Uh, heaps of kangaroos over here. Mm. So, yeah. But the, uh, like there was this big push of alternative meats. Like for some people, you know, there was different choices like shark. Some people, I think there was kangaroo too. Like it's possible, uh, right? Yeah, we, we eat kangaroo. Like it's, it's a really good meat. It's, you know, there's so many kangaroos over here. It's just like all the deers in Northwestern Ontario. Mm. Like they're just everywhere. Yeah. Um, that just needs to be cooked rare, like medium rare at the most. It's just a beautiful meat, mm -hmm. super healthy, non-fatty. Mean. Yeah. Do you like? I don't. Sorry. Yeah. Is it like you? Do you get a hunting license over there too? Uh, I don't think so. There's, there's no, there's very no gun law over here. Okay. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember. There was, there was a shooting. I remember when I was a kid. <clears throat> over here okay. and ever since that that prime minister just cut all guns out pretty much yeah okay you have to be out you have to be out on a farm i think mm, that makes sense i guess bow hunting is the way to go then can't there's no bows no bows either okay. no, no slingshots no air rifles okay nothing that's a pretty safe place then minus the snakes yeah yeah huh. that'll get you yeah would you hunt though if you could Uh, probably not. Mm. Yeah, no, I'd, um, maybe if we were back in Canada, like good partridge hunt or, uh, something like that, but mm. I don't, I don't find the need to. Yeah. Like if you, would you like try to sneak up on a bear? <laughs> It's funny. Someone asked me yesterday about bringing bear over to do a dinner with bear. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would sneak up on a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I've come across a couple of grizzlies living in Canmore. Ooh. And you just and you just turn it you just turn the other way, that's for sure. Yeah. Wow. Um but living in Kekabeka, like we had we just had black bears on our property. Yeah, that's right. So hmm. it wasn't wasn't really a big thing. Yeah. Just get the dog inside so he doesn't chase after it. Right. That's it. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I came across one black bear once. I was running outside in the boonies, and I had actually Albus in the stroller because I always took him with me when I was running. And he was on the road, maybe 30 meters ahead. He came out of the bush, and I saw him, and I was like, shit, what am I going to do? And then he didn't see me, and he didn't hear me yet. And what I did, I was shoveled with my feet on the gravel, and I actually scared him, and then he went back in the bush. And then I and then I ran off. I ran a little bit faster. I increased my pace, past, and I just I got home in record time. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it wasn't a cougar. Yeah, we have those too, supposedly. I know, mom. Mom and uh, showed me something recently about cougars out there, and I was like, mm. I just always just thought they were 
you know, Western Canada. I don't remember ever hearing anything about a cougar when I was a kid. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a scary animal. Those claws. Oh my God. Yeah. They'll stalk you for days before they kill you. Ah, do you see them though? Would you, you think you see them before they get you? Um, I think, I don't, I don't think so. Mm. I think it was the, uh, the last year that I was in Canmore, Steve Squire and I were actually living together. Okay. Out, um, out on, uh, in the mountainside. And that spring is the spring that Calgary and Canmore flooded and it washed out all the, it washed all the dams and everything like that. So that winter was very dangerous. Like cougars were in Canmore in town, like taking dogs and stuff like that. But because we lived on the backside of a mountain. Um, I remember going outside with the dogs and like, I couldn't leave them for like two seconds because of the cougar sightings, like just up the road from us. Wow. Stuff. And you know, they said they were, um, I guess who was it? Parks Canada, you know, was telling people to, when you walk your dog on the leash, um, and change your direction. Don't do your, your same routine every day, essentially. Ah, because they learn? Yes. Yeah. That's why I guess they stalk you for days for that. So mm. That's pretty efficient. Yeah. That's efficient hunters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Stephen, you are pretty, pretty uh, bros, eh? You guys are tight. Uh, we wound up getting pretty close, like after leaving... Uh, Thunder Bay because we both he's a year older than me but um, you know moving to Saskatchewan together and then not long after uh, he came up to Canmore which we worked together for I think three months and then he went back out to Fairmont Chateau Lake Louise with our executive chef from Elkridge and then the three of us lived together in Canmore Yeah, for nice. I think he was a year and a half that we lived together. And then uh, Steve went to Edmonton. Chris went back to Saskatoon. And then I just wanted to keep going West. Mm -hmm. And then I just went on the other side of the world. But <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've kept in touch. Like it was, it was at Steve's wedding, 2013. Um, I came back for Chris's wedding in Quebec in 2017 with my son And yeah, you know, I would, I would love to come back and work with those guys again mm. at some point yeah. in my life or my career. Um, but it's unfortunately it's just not that, that time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I talked with Steve, you know, but you know, he said you, you both are like coming along really good. It's nice. He, he loves you. It's awesome. I, I miss him. Mm. He, um, you know, I think, in his together in our twenties, you know, we went through a lot of, well, went through some similar things. And, um, you know, even I was listening to, uh, the podcast that you did with them and, you know, we we're talking about chefs with anxiety and stuff like that. And like, that's a, that's much more common these days, I think mm -hmm. maybe it's just, you know, so I didn't know that, but I, it was nice to hear from him as well. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not one of the only, And chefs out there that suffers from that kind of thing as well. So yes, it's a lot of pressure. I think being a chef is like it's a very stressful job. It is. Yeah, and you know, especially at the moment, I find there's so many places opening up. Um, before you used to seem to have like 
you know, solid team of, you know, eight, you know, have a couple of apprentices or something like that. And it just, it, they worked a bit better. Yes. And now, cause the apprentice programs and um, the amount of chefs, you know, that are out there, you just spread everyone good thin across the boards. Um, and the apprentice programs over here has been cut down uh, drastically in the last two years. So it, it is a, uh, it's an issue in the quality I think that you know we try and find. Mm. So yeah, how does that work? And is it the same thing like in Canada? You you go with a, you uh, get assigned to a chef, and that's how it goes. Or um, pretty much like we just uh, unfortunately, I just had to let my third year apprentice go a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, he's but he's he's finished his. Um, his school course. So even though he hasn't completed it with me, he, the government pretty much just says like, I have to sign him off and now he's a qualified chef, even though we don't think he's up to it. Mm. So now when he leaves, he's left here now, but he, wherever he goes now, even though we've signed him off because he's, you know, finished his school, it's what I've been told to do. Yeah. Um, it brings up his, you know, his, his pay rate by about $7,000 just because he's qualified now. Yes. Um, but unpro- unproperly qualified, I would say. Mm. The, the programs, the book has gotten a lot smaller. They don't teach many basics nowadays, I think. It's like a two and a half year culinary program over here now. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to find, uh, you know, co- a good qualified chef. Everyone that just says they're qualified mm. really doesn't mean much anymore. You could have someone who's 18 who's a qualified chef and expects $70,000 a year. Mm. And you're just like, what? That's crazy. So mm. you're qualified, but you don't have the experience, essentially. Mm-hmm. So. so experience gets like it will be valued differently then. It's like the complete package. Well, I, it, sh- it should be. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just be paid because you're qualified. You should be paid for you know things you've done in the last, I think, six seven years mm. you can't just be fresh out of school and expect you know to be getting executive chef or head chef wage but the wage over here is quite high anyway so that's that's what they just expect mm-hmm. uh, and the casual rate over here is you know it it's insane like after five o'clock there's a penalty thing a penalty payment saturdays and sundays are almost like are double um, public holidays like triple. Oh, okay. So you get a casual who's not qualified at all, a first year apprentice who makes more than me on a Saturday, on a Saturday and Sunday, uh, or a public holiday. Oh wow! You're paying them six, sixty-seven dollars an hour for a first year apprentice on a public holiday. It's wow. very, it's very hard. Mm. And they can, they can say when they work and when they don't work. Um, I think that's been the biggest, the biggest struggle in the last little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to balance that, right? That's a big expense. Yeah, and I and well, at the moment too, like I haven't had a sous chef for two months, so it's it's been um, it's been extra, you know, tight around here. Mm. Did you were so, you were you able to take any time off of the baby? Uh, yeah, I took I took two weeks. Um, I took my two weeks paternity leave. Yeah, that I'm entitled that I'm entitled to, anyways. That's good. Um, yeah. You got to make sure families, you know, uh, priority mm-hmm. you can't, you know, 
my job is like my second and third thing in my life that needs attention. No, I hear you. Like family is always in the heart, right? Very, very close. And, you know, once the baby is born, that's a one in a lifetime thing. It's just like you got to, if you can take those two weeks, go for it. That's good. Absolutely. You're not getting that time back. Never. No. no. Do you feel like time is slipping through your hands sometimes? Uh, I definitely do. Uh, it's really like, especially with my older son, I've, I've noticed obviously the first couple of years of, you know, establishing myself here and, you know, just finding a kind of a common ground, but yeah. I just look at him now and I was like, how are you six this year? <laughs> like just some things like he says when he comes home from school and I'm just like, when did you get so big? <laughs> I, I feel like, yes. you know, I don't know. Mm. So yeah, that's funny. even, even, even Jasper, like he's, you know, he's almost two and I'm just like, I feel like it's, you know, I feel like we were just in Canada with him when he was six months old. Yeah. And now we're, we're back here and he's just running the muck, loves hockey, uh, loves playing with farm animals, like just speaking English words and Hungarian words. And I'm just like, how did you get so big? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes. It goes. I see it with Albus now. I feel like he's 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 born in November, so he's like a couple months over six now. So pretty close to your son. And he, um, yeah. yeah, I feel like he's now, he's in between, I can see a teenager in him, but I also can see still the kid, like the baby, the kid, the, the play, the boy. I can see both sides right now. It's like, it's changing. It's fascinating. Yeah, I've, I've noticed, uh, maybe our parents said it too. Maybe they, you know, mm. I think technology too, all these kids that like, I don't know, that are younger than, you know, Luke, I don't let my older son, he plays outside. He plays with toys, very minimal TV. Uh, they don't have tablets or anything like that. Mm. Um, but I just, I know, I know I have to start introducing that kind of stuff to them because that's the way of their future. Um, yes. But it, it, it's hard to see like walking around and you see like three-year-olds or smaller children with a tablet or an iPhone and they're doing stuff. And I was like, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but we we were with Abbas. Like, I'm terrible on the computer. I hate being on the computer. You do? Okay, wow. Mm. With with Not Albus, really good at Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that was it. I'm just okay. not good at the computer. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. The the with Albus, I can. We were really like almost protective first. We were like no to no TV first. You know, slowly introducing technology. Now with the second one, it's like, it's all go, whatever. Just like knock yourself out. And Albus is like, when the TV is on, Albus is inside the TV. And if the TV is on, Casper is like, he looks at it. And then he goes on and plays. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Complete opposite. Yeah, it's completely opposite. <sighs> okay. As long as, they, as long as they get along well and they like the same things, you know. Yeah, we're so happy that we have both of them right now because we have like homeschooling right now because the schools are closed since three weeks. So, like, uh, all right, yeah, again, yeah, we have like we we've been teaching at like he signs on the laptop and through school since three weeks and he's in school from nine till like one or two, whatever. Oh, wow, it's rough. 
it it works but he's great one like he 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 has a lot of energy <laughs> well that's that's the thing you know it's even a couple of my friends at the same age like they're i saw their kids going to school with like masks on and stuff like that mm. um when in september and uh I, I was just like there's no way you know like you couldn't get any of these kids to keep their masks on i don't think yeah but that's you know when we were flying what well, when we had this last scare school was pushed back another week mm. but the kids didn't have to wear masks at school but the parents had to wear masks or okay. to drop off yeah so it, it it literally it made no sense it was very very confusing um and yeah well the teachers had to wear masks as well but mm-hmm. uh i couldn't imagine just being at home right now with uh five-year-old every day who's got heaps of energy trying to teach them little things like as a grade one because at that point they just want to still play and paint and you know do a bit of math and uh, that must be tough it's crazy though like the first week was really rough second week was like yeah and then now it's like oh he tells me he misses school and his friends and he does but it's like the way they adjust and they make it work and the teachers do such a great job too. That's, I think it's, it's, it's better than nothing. It's good. They, everybody does their best. Well, I, well absolutely. Like you have to give it out to the teachers. because my, my aunt's a French teacher in Southern Ontario and mm. she, she had the same thing. She's, she has noticed it's actually a bit harder than being at school because of how many parents actually message and email and, you know, just more contact with the parents now, I guess, than yeah. maybe in the past. Um, so she's always like feeling like she's getting you know, um, asked questions about the next subject and everything. Yes. It feels like she's twice as busy. Yeah. So, so yeah, all the teachers out there too, definitely yeah. overwhelmed. Oh yes. It's a lot and they do a lot and you know, it's good to recognize that. Did you- yes they you know they're they're bringing up the next generation of children so yes good teachers are it's anything any any good tradesperson or you know to help the next generation of kids is should be recognized mm. yeah you you are into in that role too a little bit right you are you are a leader in a way where you you have a team and you lead Yes, that's that is the you know, that's yes, being the head chef it's you have to teach as well. Mm-hmm. Um I I think I teach a bit differently than I was taught. Okay. No one ever likes to get yelled at. Yes. It's true. Um I try and keep the kitchen very keep the kitchen very calm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh you know, it's one thing that uh I remember the intensity in the Valhalla and you just I feel like even I was a first year apprentice, I, I, I thought I was never going to succeed because of how much anxiety I thought I would get when I was you know, 18 or 19 years old, yes. halfway through because of the pressure they used to put on. But I still believe like you need a 50, 50, you need a, you need the, pre- you can't just have everyone coming up soft a bit because mm. then uh, now everyone's too sensitive sometimes. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, And especially now we can't uh, with fair work issues and stuff like that. Here fair work is pretty much onto everything because a couple of lawsuits and hospitality a few years ago with the Rockpool group 
and um, two other chefs on the East Coast. Um, you know, we were doing 80-hour work weeks and getting paid for 40 hours a week. And uh, uh, nowadays, you just everyone's 42 hours unless you're the head chef or the sous chef. Okay. You're allowed to do up and you're allowed to do up and more, but everyone else has to be 40 hour flat out. Okay. Else they get an extra day off with pay or mm-hmm. you know something something weird. So that's uh, that's one of the biggest challenges is finding the people that are um, motivated and willing to do a little bit more for you. Yes. Not it's um, so. Um, again, same with teaching. I just, I teach them how I would do things or make sure even if it is like an extra 15 minutes at the end of the night to double check stuff and not just leave it, you know, for mm-hmm. the next person in the morning. Um, so I guess old habits that got drilled into me about how and uh, west a bit, I um, you know, still need to bring over here because people have gotten a bit lazy. Mm. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a good spot to be, but the work ethic NWA is a bit, I would say, relaxed. Mm-hmm. Very relaxed. Okay. Do you think that's the generation, or is this just the way of life? Um, I think it's a bit of. I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. Okay. It's um, even the, even the older generation. I feel like over here, when moving over here, it was you know, forty hours a week is a work week. That's it. That's all kind of thing. Yeah. Um. A lot of the she- a lot of the chefs that I've worked with over here are from Canada, America, Germany, uh, India. Um, there's not too many Aussie chefs or New Zealand English. There's not too many Aussie chefs left anymore because they just expect more pay. Mm-hmm. That's why all these programs have gotten have become so short because the rate over here is so high for any other job. Like like I said, you could be a casual working out front have zero experience making $38 an hour on a Sunday. And then you can be a casual who's got 55 years experience or whatever X amount of years, you know, level five sommelier and has making the same right. And they don't really do it. There's no tipping system really. So, okay. Really? It's it's a big change. Okay. No tipping. It's, uh, You know, when I worked at Rockpool, when I got here, because of the high amounts of money in the in the casino and stuff, they um, I got tips as uh, senior CDP or whatever it was, mm. um, extra two hundred dollars a month or something cash. But it's nothing like it was in Canada. But the rate over here is, you know, that much higher. Uh, it's just the price you see is the price you get, taxes included and everything, and yes. they just never really established tipping thing you, you definitely know when you get tips from people from like the uk or canada or america mm-hmm. but if we do it if we do it just gets put away to like a staff party or something yeah that's good yeah yeah and germany tipping isn't big really either it's it's funny you know it's like you leave a couple like you can leave some money if you want to but you you're not obligated to because like the service they are actually They are trained professionals. Like you have to school, you have to go to school to be a server. You can't just be a server. Yeah, and it's well, same with you know Germany and France. Like it's the high standards that they have over there. Mm-hmm. All those, all the servers over there. You know, they they do the side carts like the flambéing, and some of the dishes get finished off at the table or um, 
the hotel that I was a sous chef here when I moved here, they, the two French ones, like I remember they used to sharpen all the steak knives on a stone. Yes. And, uh, the, the German guy as well, he would, um, he would polish all the handles, help them sharpen, you know, they sometimes they would be even be sharpening like their knives that they go out to the table and carve with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't. Yeah. You know, Why listening to Rammstein? Skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but very like mm, serious <laughs> typical stereotype it's all good uh yeah well i i know you you have a busy day you have lots of things to do what time is it now 11 a.m in the morning you probably have to get some things lined up and getting ready right a couple things to do but yeah nothing Nothing that hopefully they can't handle. <laughs> yes, I I know that, but I want to give you. I also want to give you. I don't want to take too much of your time away because I really truly appreciate you being on the show, and I know it's your morning and you ha you have things to look after, Kai. So thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, it's an it's an honor. It's like so good to connect with you and talk. I really appreciate you said yes. I, I was hoping you would, and I, I also respect you took your time because I I think that is okay. You know, even if you would have said no, that's fine too. But I really appreciate you you made this happen for me. Well, it came up a lot quicker than I expected, to be honest. I was like, oh, I got a month away. And then, boom, it was here. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I got to do this tomorrow. I was yeah. like, oh, that's time flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Time slips away so fast. <sighs> Kai, I wish you from the bottom of my heart all the very best. And well, if you ever come, uh, when once the world is a safe place, and you know we we're through this pandemic, and you're in Canada, just let me know. Maybe you stop Absolutely. by Thunder Bay. Maybe you know, uh, families out there, I'll definitely, yeah. definitely come by and have a, a coffee or something. Yeah, or you know, a beer. We'll have a beer. Yeah, we have a Paulana, whatever. Very perfect. Yeah, whatever we will have. I would love to bring you into the studio and you know, just show you the place. Absolutely. Okay. With that, then tonight, today, this morning, <laughs> Kai, I appreciate it, and I will close this podcast off for tonight. Thank you so much, Kai. Thanks, Mike. You take care. See you. Bye.